Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Josh. I'm Dave. And I'm and I'm Josh. And this is And we are Does it suck now? Now? Now. Obviously, as Dave pointed out, it is Memorial Day weekend, and at least personally, hey, hey. This intro is as boring as baseball. Let's go. Do it. No, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, look, the one thing that I miss the most in coronavirus Memorial Day weekend is no baseball, because I really like baseball, and it didn't realize how much I liked it until it was ripped away from my life. So, and all this about the 24 second clock and, oh, let's make baseball better. And it's so boring and screw all that. I like baseball and I miss baseball. And I just wanted to give like a 30 second. I love baseball before we did a movie about baseball. So snore it up your ass, motherfucker. <laughs> can, you, can you do it in a faster pace than a four hour or nine inning baseball game though? Nah, come on, you're exaggerating. Baseball games are And here's the first pitch. It's Major League from 1989. There you go. Do that, Solo. Why don't you start us off by reading your haiku in your best Bob Euchre voice? Oh, I can do that, and I think it'll work well in the Bob Euchre voice. <clears throat> okay. Has-beens, <laughs> wannabes. Losers that win together. I hate the Yankees. that's a a really good haiku that was really good so josh what is uh major league about you asking this josh or the other josh i'm asking josh solo josh solo what is Uh even we get confused when we're (laughs) the zoom thing is confusing josh solo what is major league about major league as uh as the haiku referenced is about a bunch of has-beens and wannabes uh, intentionally assembled by a scheming owner to lose so she can move the team to Miami. But hilarities ensue. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty good summary. I'm right now, yeah. I'm just sitting here quietly, not enjoying the vibe I'm getting from all three of you guys. But I, I'm just going to wait to hear what happens, but, but I'm just laying in the cut with a four-star review ready to go. <laughs> I'm going to come right out of the gate and say that I'm on the fence uh, as to where, where oh. I'm going to... But I, want, like, I like these discussions. <laughs> I like our time together, and I like to like, hash it out. Old school, hash yeah. it out, and we decide at the end, and then I won't make my decision until the end. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, keeping, okay. mine, uh, I'm keeping mine under wraps. I have a strong opinion, but I'm, I'm keeping it... Uh, I'm not going to show my cards. Do you like puns, Mike? Are you on the fence? <laughs> I would like to be over the fence like a home run. Like Serrano. Like Serrano, but we'll see. 
So, like, let's get into it. Yeah. So the woman who, so Margaret Witten plays Phelps, who's the owner of the team. Uh-huh. And wait, I want to go in before this. I want to go in before this. I just want to shout out to her. I thought she was great. I enjoyed her a lot in the movie. I also enjoyed her, but I want to go to the credits, the opening. And her poster. I liked her poster a lot. (laughs) Um, There's a Randy Newman song that you just heard. Has a lot of lyrics about Cleveland. It seems like they they went to him and were just like, Randy, baseball, Cleveland, go. And he's like, the Cleveland's all the best. (laughs) And the river and the sausages, delicious. You know, he just like went off. It's like, what do I know about Cleveland song form? It's, it's a long listeners. montage. Yeah, it's a long sure. montage that opens yeah. the movie of like blue collar, rundown, industrial Cleveland. And they they are not shy with hammering that point home. Randy Newman is so goofy as a singer that I don't really understand his popularity. But somehow when I hear Randy Newman's song, I'll listen to like a minute of him and be like, oh, it's not bad. Like, hey, man, he's doing something there. He's getting... <laughs> it's it's the same award like that crazy guy screaming on the corner might have a point it was timing <laughs> randy newman got famous do- for timing when there was storytellers i think when did he become famous because i feel like i only know randy M- newman from this movie and jokes about randy newman in other media no toy story he's, he's in a lot of <laughs> family guy loves a randy newman joke I hated Toy Story. I oh, hated Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Toy Story. But, and this is, yeah, for our <laughs> listeners, you can correct me, please. But when did Randy Newman get fame, got famous? When did he get famous? Because, well, I feel like he came up probably in the late 70s when the singer-songwriter was the thing. Well, I'm going to go on a, on a totally unsubstantiated uh, official... unofficial biography right here (laughs) he did get popular in the 70s and i feel like he did was he sings about cities a lot and he has like a funny songs like joe people and uh so he (laughs) so they probably went to him and in the 70s they just loved it when people sang about like the city or a city or some place like new orleans or like la and they were just like (laughs) Or an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Philadelphia Freedom. Another, I don't know if that's... Uh, Let's not not lump Elton John into that. That's not bad. But I mean, like, he's got... I'm saying he has a city song. Yeah, you're right. For him. You just make a song about a city, or maybe, like, you know, the Short People song. Remember that was, like, the song for uh, Sesame Place? Like, was it really? Oh yeah. Got nobody. Also a good a good montage. Yeah, a good montage. It was a great and human rights montage music. I even think what that what short people wasn't that in twins too? Another movie yeah. we should revisit. We should I have a twin about it. <laughs> so in Major League, yeah, so we have done a lot on Randy Newman. <laughs> but the song you know? does sound like he's looking at the montage and he's like, "There's that bridge, and over there's a train." Like he just was <laughs> like stacks everywhere, river. <laughs> you never saw the Family Guy thing where it was like Randy Newman left foot, right foot. That's what he does. But all right, we can get into the movie. But it works. It totally works. It sets the mood in a very effective way. It really works in this movie. They can only afford one Randy Newman song, by the way. They go right from Randy Newman to the board meeting where where she, like, breaks it out. And she's like, look, we're going to suck. 
here's terrible players. Go get them. Let's go. And yeah, that guy is great. Also, she's great. And the guy who plays like the general manager who she bosses around, uh, he's yeah. great too. And he definitely has like a world war two tattoo or a Vietnam tattoo on his arm. I noticed that. Uh, yeah. It's just a random thing to notice. He had he wore a lot of short sleeves. Yeah. Right. He had like the military buzz cut. I wonder if that was a character detail or if that was his real tattoo. Either way, it works. I can't say there's much character details of really anyone besides like the real. <laughs> I disagree <laughs> completely. What? Well, Josh, name, okay, name one other person on the team besides like the guys you see all the time, which is like uh, Wesley Snipes, Charlie Sheen. Uh, besides uh, like the eight characters that I can name. They're like yeah, the but, eight characters I can name. In this but there's movie. like a bench full of dudes with mustaches and mullets who we don't know who they are. <laughs> it's a, it's like an uh, hour and forty five minute movie. Like how many characters do you want? They give you, they give you a catcher, they give you a pitcher, an outfielder, a shortstop, a manager, a general manager, the owner, the girlfriend. All the characters, all the dinner guests are, are great characters. This movie's fucking awesome. I'm going to convince hey, hey, all wait, of you guys. Wait, this is the greatest wait. baseball movie ever made. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. No. We're early in the podcast. I'm, I'm holding Take it in. Breath. I have a question for you. In So this is this is important. This is like a logistical. Did, was everybody's version like an hour and 37 minutes? Yeah, like around there. There was, no, there was no hidden. 40, there was no hidden cut like last week that we like forgot about. No. Like only, well, there's right. a deleted scene I was reading where they make the owner. They try to make her sympathetic at the end, but then all the the movie like when they show the movie before it comes out, all the audiences were like, "No, we want to hate her." So they just took out that scene, and they were like, "Yeah," and that's right. Well, what, what do you mean? I know what you've been trying to do to this team. After the season, I want no part of it. <laughs> I knew I could count on Charlie to tell you. I was just afraid he'd wait too long. Why'd you want him to tell me? So you'd tell the team. Hopefully getting them mad enough so they'd knock themselves out trying to prove they belonged in this league. I think it worked. You're trying to make me believe that you wanted us to win all along? Bull. What about the plane, the bus, the bad hotels? We were broke. We couldn't afford anything better. Donald left the team nearly bankrupt. If we'd had another losing season, I would have had to sell this team. I knew we couldn't win with the players we had, so I decided to get new players and see how they'd do with the proper motivation. There never was any offer from Miami. I made it all up. Why should I believe any of this? Now that we're winning, it's easy for you to jump on a bandwagon. If I really wanted you to lose, all I had to do was to send your best players back to the minors. But I didn't do that, did I? Okay, because that's because uh, I have many notes throughout where I like always, and I, I'm not looking at it. I think as so much as a negative as Mike, but it's certainly not as much of a positive as spread. There, where there's, there's a lot so of, like, many things I that want, tell you about on. these characters. I'm like I just I want more. Like I'm like yeah, I'm, a, I'm like I want more. Like they're giving me a little like bits and pieces here and there, but no. like I want to see more about this, and they just blitz right through. Let's not leave out the huge plot line here where not only does she tell them that the team sucks, but if the team sucks enough and they don't get enough attendance, uh, she can then, she has an offer from Miami to move the entire team to Miami. So right. that's the big motivation there. 
Right. And does she really have to like be in Cleveland to own a team? That was like another thing. I was like, why don't you just go to Miami? Right. She, like, she, money. she was, her husband died. She's like, they, she I understand that. I understand. <laughs> that. And, but she is like exorbitantly wealthy. Like she can just go and live in Miami and come back every now and then and check in on Cleveland. I mean, what yeah, the she doesn't have to pay yeah, attention yeah. to the team. If she doesn't care if they win or lose, I just solved. I just solved her problem in the. In that, the that's the mannequin moment. The movie's mannequin invalidated moment. at this. The, it's, yeah. the movie's pointless moving forward. I would. I walk into her office and say, <laughs> "Look, you can just let your team be good. You can just go to Miami. You're rich." Oh, I thought you were going to say just take <laughs> just take the baseball team home and fuck it. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that's basically that's basically what he's saying. <laughs> she definitely sexually harasses at least four guys on the team. Oh, definitely. Oh, the amazing locker room scene is is great. Yeah. You wanted to talk to the bitch? Yeah. Don't you think you ought to cover yourself with a towel first, Mr. Brown? We're out of towels. I'm too old to go diving into lockers. I can take it if you can. What happened to the new whirlpool we were supposed to get? Revenue problems have forced us to cut back on equipment. Ooh. Cups still work, though. We'll simply have to fix the old whirlpool. You fixed it six times already. Now there's no hot water in the shower. Pipes in this building are old and rusted. We're replacing them, but it's a long, expensive process. I'm supposed to keep so, my players healthy with cold water and no therapy equipment. Your players will just have to get a little tougher. What are they? A bunch of pansies. Over 162 games, even tough guys get sprained, sore arms, muscle pull. It's only temporary. Besides, these guys weren't playing that good when the equipment was working. I could get anybody to come out and watch this team. None of this would be nice. Um, I wanted to ask a, a sports question since I don't keep up as some much good as you guys do. Buns in this movie. Mm, I know. Anyway, so <laughs> there's um, buns. Well, there's buns uh, in this movie. Is it true that the Cleveland Indians had a 34-year slump? of never winning the pennant because I never caught, kept track or fact yes. checked that. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was longer than that now. They so. went to the World Series in the early 90s, though. So it was like four or five years after this movie came out. Dude, it was the Indians and the Cubs in 2016. It was the two most losing as France. But uh, that is right. Thank the last you. time the Indians won the World Series was in 1948. That's true. They don't even have a Babe Ruth curse. Jesus. <laughs> they just No, they just straight up suck. All of us <laughs> from second tier cities will understand this is that uh, every big city gets a curse or a story behind them losing like the Red Sox. It's like, oh, they like tripped over a goat or something and the gypsy <laughs> cursed them. But it's like, oh, when you like the Phillies, it's like, oh, why didn't you win the World Series? It's like, oh, we just suck. Like we sucked for a hundred years, and then we won. Yeah, but have you guys lost a thousand baseball games? <laughs> yeah, ten thousand losses. Ten thousand, not not a thousand. A thousand. Oh, ten thousand. My bad. 10, I thought that 000. was weird. Yeah. They were the first professional yeah. sports team to ten thousand losses. We're talking about the Philadelphia yep. Phillies. If uh, yes, all of us are fans thereof. To, which is a long way of saying we can relate to like the atmosphere that this movie sets up. Really brilliantly yeah. i would say where they uh really put you in the in the mindset of like someone who works a blue collar job and just watches baseball in like the old-fashioned kind of way uh this <laughs> this movie this movie reminds me of baseball when i fell in love with it before like life got too busy to 
be in love with baseball anymore kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it really takes me there in a way that I usually don't like. I don't like baseball nostalgia, but this movie just personally, because of when it came out, does that to me. I have to admit. 1989. Well, I think what really makes, what really makes this movie and I'm not, this is what I'm really trying to assess here. And I'm not sure it's a good movie. If you don't have Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes in this movie, because they really, I think take this movie to another level. You know, like the Godfather yeah, sucks if you take out Al, Al Pacino and Marlon Brando. But you know what we're saying? Like last week we're talking about Robin Hood and we're saying, you know, here's a great cast except for one guy who happens to be the whole movie like hinges on him. But I mean, like yes. this movie, I think it's like you could easily have had nobodies in those parts. And this is a no. Oh, my God. Movie. I don't. What movie did you guys watch? Well, they were. There's so many good characters in this movie. Wesley There's Snipes like is not a, a dozen. The easy Wesley answer is yeah. to give credit to those two guys for the movie, but I honestly thought that Tom Berenger, as a leading guy, was really, really good. He's a great, great. actor, but there's and a couple of things. There's a lot of pathos to the role. But it's it's back to the criticism earlier. Is that like I thought that like those two characters, Mike, like Willie Mays Hayes and fucking Rick Vaughn, uh-huh. were so good but so like incomplete i wanted so much more of those guys like they just exactly. weren't even in the movie enough i mean yeah it was a lot of tom berger and he was good to carry it when he did but like i wanted more like towards the very end of the movie not to get like way out of context but there's a scene where you know a certain whatever spoiler alert, like after rick fucks roger dorn's wife and she comes out and then you realize that rick vaughn lives with Taylor, they're roommates. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm like, I'm like, That's where are all of those shows. scenes? Where are you don't all need of those, those scenes? Those scenes are irrelevant. This movie is a comedy. It does have like sadness to it, but you don't need those scenes. You get enough from it by but seeing. I want those scenes. I want well, them. It's I, better I, for I a movie to leave you, you waiting. I want more of a movie about those guys and less about yeah, while I like to fucking direct this movie. This is, this is not that kind of movie. No, it's I'm a not, fast I'm not moving saying... baseball movie. I'm not saying it has to be, but I'm I'm with you, and I almost feel like like all right, Wesley Snipes is not a star when this movie comes out, so that's a great piece of casting there, and he steals a lot of scenes he's in. Yeah. Same with Charlie Sheen, and same with uh, uh, Serrano. Um, I can't remember the actress. Haysbert. Haysbert. Yeah. yeah. So they they do a lot of scene scene stealing, but I I mean I I did think the movie was funny, but I could have done without like. Though I love Tom Berenger, he was a little mopey. And then there's like a lot of scenes where he's just breaking into random apartments. Yeah. <laughs> nobody locks that and door. Nobody thinks it's like strange. He's just like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. And she's like, you're in my apartment. <laughs> like, it was, I like that was a thing in the 80s that people just accepted in movies. It was yes. just like a, like a, like a thing you did yeah. in the 80s. Like, like, nobody blinked. They're like, oh, he's here again. Like, you can't call anybody. Yes. You kind of have to either show up in person, send a letter, or get them on a landline. Also, like, <laughs> Ray Russo's got a great apartment, which gives you the, uh, like, Tom Berenger, like, coming up the stairs, and you see him, and he has the great line where he said, who's playing? are we at now and i think that two things that i want to address that you guys said i think one i think Berenger is mopey but it brings an element to the movie that i think enriches the movie he's really sad he's generally like a sad person and he's really fucking desperate and he's made some really terrible choices that they tell us about that are awful like he totally deserved to get dumped and left behind in life he was a piece of shit but he still really loves her and i think renee russo does a really good job of showing that like, she really loves him, too, but she doesn't know what to do with him anymore. But you can read this into these performances without the movie spelling anything out for you. 
and I love it. I love it. It's just that's all I ask for in a movie. Just show yeah. me. Wait, wait, wait. You could do this whole movie way, way, way less of the love interest stuff. You could still have right. the love interest thing, but because the charismatic thing that I love about the movie, I love the you know training days when they all are, when they all come in and they're mm-hmm. doing their training camp. I love the middle of the movie gets slow because of the romance. It should have been a little more like Slapshot where, you know, it's more about the team. It's more about that sort of thing because that's really where I think the movie picks up for me. And beyond that, you can, I think you can still have the Rene Russo thing, but they, I felt like they spent a lot of time on that where you were like, okay, <laughs> let's yeah, get back I, to baseball. <laughs> I agree with you, but at the same time, like, I think those are, all your criticisms are totally correct and there's probably like, a more universally beloved movie if you trim that what you're saying like really shorten up the Rene Russo stuff make it a little snappier get a couple more jokes in and then move it on but I would like not change a single second of this movie I like that you care I like that it's schmaltzy I like that it's like it's just super earnest and like like Mike said you have Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes just like pulling superstar shit out of their asses and, and as like side roles you have the guy who plays the manager uh, Lou, Lou Brown, is every line that dude says in this movie is an A-plus line read. For a, he's got a thousand batting average. He's still, like hitting like 20 hits in a row in this game. I'm going to run out of baseball metaphors, but dude, dude's like 20 for 20 over a five, over like a week period. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. With your speed, you should hit the ball on the ground and be legging them out. Every time I see you hit one in the air, you owe me 20 push-ups. <laughs> He's just killing everything. I love it. I think the script is so economical. This guy is like, he wrote The Sting, um, and he wrote a bunch of other uh, pretty well-known movies and TV shows, but The Sting would have been his big one. But like, it's just, this is a movie, David S. Ward, he directed it too. This is a movie made by somebody, right, who loves the craft of writing an hour and a half movie, loves the craft of baseball, has like just enough of like kind of like that baseball is mystical thing going on. And I think that goes hand in hand with Mike's, uh, what did you call it, Mike, before we were on um, Lawyer Blues soundtrack? Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer it Blues does. soundtrack, where it's like, just like uh... this super earnest, like baby boomer shit. But in this movie, I love it. Like I hate Randy Newman. I hate baseball <laughs> nostalgia. But I love this movie. No, David Ward is also apparently a huge Cleveland Indians fan. And he wrote this because go. he felt like, in his own words, this would be the only chance I get to see them win. I think it's all over this movie. <laughs> That's all and well they don't enough. even win the World Series. They win a game to get into the playoffs. They win a, like, a like extra regular season game. And they're, like, falling <laughs> apart at the seams to do it, too. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Like, why would you change it? This is ba- this is Rocky of baseball. This is the Rocky of baseball. Because it could be better. Well, here's a question, okay? First of all, did this movie inspire the 1996 movie with Tom Selleck called Mr. Baseball, where he plays in Japan? So they just reversed it. <laughs> Japan played in Tom Selleck? It's a totally, that's a totally different movie. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, what, did this influence? <laughs> they do the same thing. He's falling apart and everybody else, yeah. <laughs> they this- both have baseball. Is that the Ted Danson one? <laughs> No, no, that's the one with um, Tom Selleck. No, but it's also, do they have like the side note people? Like, you know how in this they have like the punk rockers who are like, oh, this the Cleveland Indians are shitty and the construction mm-hmm. workers are like, oh, they're still shitty. And like, you know, the Japanese guys who do the field 
And then they did the same thing in Mr. Baseball. I mean, and also to answer your question about what this movie, I think you said something about Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen not being in it. Like, would it be as good or whatever? I think the best example of it not being as good if they weren't in it is Major League Two. You know, the sequel where Wesley Snipes wasn't in it. (laughs) Side note, Cole Alexander... It actually is in what's the name of? He's in like a major rock band that actually major had a lead lot of rock band play. They play Wild Thing. No, not a minor rock band, like a triple A <laughs> rock band. <laughs> Was he in uh, Cold Temple Pilots? The Cole Alexander fronted Stone Temple Pilots tribute band. I think it might have been like like he's like <laughs> is, he in, is he in that band Cole Lot of Love the Cole Alexander fronted Led Zeppelin tribute? No, Cole Cole Portier. Portier. They're a Cole <laughs> Porter tribute band. Is that they're French Canadian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta find this out now. Uh, I'll find it later. Cole Portier. <laughs> Black Cole Sun, sorry. The the Cole Alexander fronted <laughs> Soundgarden tribute. <laughs> um, this could be the rest of the podcast if you want it to be. Um, I've, I've been trying to think of one. I've been like burning my, my like smoke coming my ears trying to think of a funny one and I just keep laughing. I'm like <laughs> This is this is a talent that just comes to me. I don't have many talents, but the ones I have, let me tell you. So wait, Solo, you were saying. Oh, no, I totally lost. I lost my train of thought. No, I was going to make a joke about your your self-critical comedy line about always swinging for the fences. And tie that I like to think ball. of this podcast but, as we're like major league, you know, we're going to win. We were assembled to fail. Oh, no. So I remember. I remember where I was going. I remember. I remember. I <laughs> might blew out his knees doing it. We won the podcast World Series against This American Life. Ira Glass, more like, more like that Applemrod. <laughs> that Come Ira on, Glass. bring it. This episode's going to be Dan, Dan Harmon did 30 <laughs> hours on World War One. We're doing fucking 35 hours on Major League. Start the clock right now. Dan, Dan Carlin, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna whip your ass at, and again and again, Dan Carlin. <laughs> Any anybody else? Any one of you other three guys find all of the women in this movie ridiculously hot? Oh, Renee Russo. Renee Russo is a ten out of ten in this movie. Renee Russo, 10 out of 10. the the owner and 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 the sneak attack possible hottest Mrs. Dorn. I I like Mrs. Dorn too. Jill was not impressed by Mrs. Dorn, but having seen this movie when I was ten, I was very impressed by Mrs. Dorn. That red yeah, dress no, is seared in my I brain. I was just like, all of these women are. Can Mike, can, every time something like that comes up, can you make like a hair metal, like, beautiful spank, oh, yeah. Like a segment, like a, like a morning radio segment. <laughs> yeah. We're like, and this week on the Spank Bank, we got Renee Russo. Whatever. I guess I guess I am like 10, 11 at this point watching this movie. So, yeah. <laughs> and what's her, And Margaret Witten. Wow. How many times do they say fuck in this movie? 70? A lot. About four. I think four. Four? Are you out of your mind? Wait, we're all over the place. Josh has 70. Dave has four. <laughs> yeah. In 1989, when I was 10 and renting this movie from Tower Records or whatever, Tower Video, it was it was a lot of fuck F-bombs. It's not a Quentin Tarantino movie. There was a nice little detail about Renee Russo that she kind of slips in there. She goes... Uh, I quit sports three years ago and like now I'm a librarian. Yeah. It's like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And she does have a much better body. 
I have the biggest selection of collectible, rare selectable books, rare, rare collectible books. That's what she does, right? I, I don't know. She works in a library. <laughs> I don't know. Is that it? About we were both athletes, world class, hot for each other. What more could we have in common? I stopped being an athlete three years ago, Jake. Books are my life now. But then the like hot librarian look that she has when he goes to see her at work, I was like, that's why she's in this movie. This movie meant a lot to me. Did I mention that? I want, <laughs> I want to be a combination of Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen with a, with a little Wesley Snipes thrown in. And then I wanted to find a girl who looked like Renee Russo in the library scene. That was like at like 10 years old. I was like, all right. That's your life, your life path I is charted. I understand this path that I need to go on, and, and that's what I did. Got it. I wouldn't be surprised if you actually mentioned that to Mike and I since we knew you when you were 10. I don't know if Rene Russo would have made me cool to talk about when we were like 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sprague, I got her phone number. It's 555 1934. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, he reads that. that line like 1934 means something, that's though. Right. Oh, worse. Please, he's watching us. I'm not leaving till you give me your number. All right, it's 555-1934. Thank you. That, yeah. Like she's thinking about something. That's what I mean, this is a great movie. That's a stupid throwaway line that's just like dumb exposition. Can we also it? say that the plot to this movie is the same as the producers, the movie, the producers? Yes, it's totally the producers. I've had that no, same thing. Like sports form. <laughs> yeah. In sports form. With a lot of jock straps. Hey. The guy who plays. All right, so these are the characters that are awesome in this movie. You got Taylor. You got Vaughn. You got Willie Mays Hayes, who, who, may, who may run like Mays, but he hits like shit. <laughs> you, got, um, you got the sexy librarian. You got the showgirl owner. You got the general manager. You got the manager. You got um, the Yankee, the dude in the Yankees, who's great. You got Corbin Burnson and his Vukovic. wife. We're, we're into double digits characters that have awesome moments. And there's even like, I love like there's a scene when um, Vaughn throws at a guy and he almost hits him. And the dude gets up and he's pissed and he's like about to charge him out. And Taylor's trying to stop him. He's like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. And you see the dude, this is just some random actor who's got nothing, but he like calms down and he looks at Taylor and he just goes, fuck you, Taylor. And he keeps walking. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just like so lived in. I fucking love this movie. It's, it's incredible. Can I also, I love some of these parts when the, the training camp, I was actually one of my favorite. I mean, even just growing up, that was always the funniest to me. And I didn't think about it now. So I, <laughs> First of all, Coburn Burnson gets the chest hair vest Dorn, award. Roger Dorn. Roger Dorn gets the chest hair vest award for this episode. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes gets the Jesus Abs award. And I love the I love the meatballs moment, or the movie the meatballs moment with Snipes where they take his bed and they put him outside. Uh-huh. And yep. I immediately was like, oh, that's like meatballs. And and then he has and then he's busting in his pajamas. He's running real fast. If you watch this movie, whoever listens to this, please look at the two extras next to him when they're running. Oh, Hilarious. Yeah. It's just, they're just. <gasps> I, don't, I don't think Wesley Snipes is very fast. He just, he's got like that Tom Cruise. He's good at looking like he's running fast, but he's not. Yeah. Um, uh, well, they said he was fast good, in the fun he, He's got, he's got really expensive uh, pajamas and he's driving like a beat up old Volkswagen. That is good character detail, Solo. Wait, how do you know the pajamas are expensive, first of all? They just how look like it. They have a collar detail? and shit. 
Oh my god. Come on. Do you have collar on your pajamas? Expensive pajamas. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the old the old Jamie Moyer like guy. Yeah, the Jamie Moyer guy is is I was like <laughs> we were all like looked at that and I was like, he didn't seem as old when I watched it when I was a kid, but now it's like there's no way that guy's playing baseball. Look at him. He's all, he, when you see him with his shirt off, you're like, whoa, yeah, you need to take it easy. Well, that's when uh, Emily, yeah, Emily said, there are no, I don't know if there's any Jesus ads in this movie until we saw Wesley Snipes. They're like, oh, we got one. One yeah. for a sports movie. There's one guy with a six pack, and that's it. I, just, I love the line <laughs> when he drinks Joe Boo's. Uh, Up your butt, Joe Boo. And he walks out on the field and he's like, hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a top off. <laughs> he has that great uh, monologue or whatever, that, that great bit about like wiping the Vaseline, the sweat, the snot on the ball because he's just got to like give it all. That was a, that was a great little bit. And it's a great uh, like dramatic line reading at the end when he's like, I'll do anything I can. He's basically like, I'll do anything I can to keep playing baseball. What's that shit on your chest? Crisco. Bardol, Vegasil, any one of them will give you another two to three inches drop on your curveball. Of course, if the umps are watching me close, I just rub a little jalapeno inside my nose, get it running, and if I need to load the ball up a little, just wipe my nose. You put snot on the ball? I haven't got an arm like yours. I gotta put anything on it I can find. Someday you will too. It's great. It's another great moment, Solo. But and Bob Euchre, every time he uh, look the minor details, right? Bob Euchre, um, every, whenever he's calling one of the games that this guy's pitching, whenever he throws a ball, he calls it like a different lubricant. I don't know if you see that. <laughs> Instead of saying like it's a fastball, he's like it's a KY down the middle, or like um, they really. I don't know if this was planned or not, but Bob Euchre's like progression really works for the movie because you know who knows if they shot this movie in sequence or not. So it's hard to tell like how much the performance was intentionally done that way. But like he starts out like. He's enthusiastic at the beginning of the movie and it quickly divulges into just like hardcore drinking and not giving a shit anymore. There's one scene when he um he slurps like a right? no, he's he like care he tries to care at first, but he gives up quickly and it like like regresses. There's a part where he pulls up like his soda and he's just like like right next to the mic. <laughs> you think he doesn't care and then by the end of it he's like uh you know, and then he kind of like swings back into it and he becomes like happy announcer again like Bob Euchre has a character arc in this movie. It's great. Well, in the very first scene, you see him. He has a huge bottle of Jack that he just cracks open, right? When he's like, hey, and it's another season. And he just opens the bottle of Jack Daniels. So is that the uh, drinking game you drink every time Bob Euchre drinks? Which basically think, goes back to the same rules. Is Dave's rules. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. drink every time Bob Euchre says something 
through a 2020 lens that does not sound appropriate. I have I have so many great Euchre one-liners <laughs> I wrote down. Or just drink when Bob Euchre drinks. Yeah. No, and here's the thing. I'm going to address this just really quickly. He's addressing the team, but now that we've gone through so many years now and you had the whole uh, the Redskins um, thing and everything, now when you listen to him use all the metaphors that are related to the team, you kind of go, yeah. But it's still really funny. I'm not going to say it isn't. I think in the context, it's it's he's hilarious, and I and I loved him on Mr. Belvedere too. I just think you know that it's just a funny thing that when you watch it now, if anybody watching it now watches it now, you know. And Rick that's what I'm going to say. A on juvenile that. delinquent in the off season. <laughs> the California Penal League. <laughs> My favorite Charlie Sheen joke is when they first go out to dinner at the fancy restaurant. And he goes, he goes, do they have any chili dogs? Uh, <laughs> he's wearing a tie around his like, vest. <laughs> Incredible. You look like a banker in this. Sorry, Rick. Those are the house rules. So, what are we going to have? What language is this? French. They got chili dogs over there? Forget it. I'll order. Let's have a toast. Yeah, and all he has that's is a tie around his neck, a vest and a tie with <laughs> no shirt. Yeah, man. I love that. Let's talk about Rick Vaughn for a while. Let's dive into the into the man, the myth, the legend that is Rick Vaughn and Charlie Sheen's earliest role. He could dress like that in New York now, and nobody would bat an eye. They would just be like, "Yeah, guy's the most awesome dude." Yeah, he could dress like that. Everything the same, and he could just walk around New York City, and everyone would be like, "Whoa, that guy's very stylish." Once again, though, '80s punk. <laughs> like everything that's wrong with the world is always some '80s punk rocker. Do you notice that, like, through all the movies we've been watching that take place in that time? He's, the, he's a good guy, though. In no way do they do they ever paint him as a bad guy in this movie. He's like, he stole a car and he dresses like a punk. That's it. And he and like he doesn't even punch Dorn back. Uh, Dorn like punches him in the face and he just eats it because he knows he was wrong. He's like a good guy. Well, fun, <laughs> fun facts about I, I found it fascinating. I didn't know this about uh, Charlie Sheen that he was actually a decent baseball player, like probably the best in the cast other than Pete Vukovic. And he was actually a pitcher and his natural speed coming into the movie was like 85, 86. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he also admitted to taking steroids because he wanted to have a true <laughs> baseball experience. He said. What, did, what did you guys top out at? What was the fastest you ever clocked yourselves? Not 85, 86. No. Uh, I, got, I got over 70 like once. I think maybe 69 was my top. Yeah. So, you were on yeah, top in the 69. Top in the 69. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. I don't know. I maybe did something. I can't remember how fast I threw. I think 70, 75. That's fast. I had a man. pretty good arm. I but a no. I was wild thing, and literally, I went the minute they played the song in the yeah. movie. I was like Mitch Williams. I just thought because right after that, the, the '93 Phillies were happening, and they totally took that for Mitch Williams, which I always loved watching him pitch because he literally would fall off the mound. He was throwing the ball like so hard, and it was like that whole Charlie Sheen thing. But you but yeah. really were a wild thing. I, I one of my friends, uh, I was friend, a pitcher. My friend Brian would always tell me he every time I'd see him for a while and we'd get drunk and he would just be like, "Your brother was through so fast and so hard and he hit me with a pitch in one of the games <laughs> in one of the All Star games or something." He and he said he cried and it was really embarrassing because <laughs> he threw so hard. Where did I hit him? I can't in remember. 
I don't know. I'll I get had, him to. I'll get him to chime in at some point. I had three good innings, three good innings, and and then you know, and this and this is all up until twelve years old people, so it did not continue on. But you know, I had three good innings in me, and then I would just lose control, and I couldn't figure out how to get it back. And that was when uh, our dad was coaching me, and he'd be like, "He's out. Get him out of there. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> it's toast. Wait, I remember because I used toast to pitch too. I remember going like in little league, you would get like about three innings. They would let you pitch, and then they'd get you out of there. Unless they like... had their one guy, like there was. So just some people from our childhood. There was a guy, Chris Estelo, who I actually think might have played minor league ball. No, I, I was not a Rick Vaughn. I was definitely a Pedro Serrano in my little league appearances. You're of the voodoo religion? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, in Morristown, Ju- Judaism and voodoo were very similar. Judo? Growing up. <laughs> Judo. You know, like, you, if you're Jewish, you might as well practice voodoo, you crazy non-Jesus-loving guy. Yeah. But his accent, at times, goes from Haitian to Jamaican to Cuban to, like, straight-up Tony Montana at some point. Oh, I thought that, too. <laughs> Homem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to just see when he takes the hat for the bat. It's so great. <laughs> it's like that's for bat. You're not going for accuracy. Yeah, I'm going to hit this baseball and have a cocaine. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Knocking the shit out of this baseball. <laughs> yeah, man. You don't know, man. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> that baseball going to be iry. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny though? Uh, you still love. I love him mixing that up more than I loved Morgan Freeman's like overall Muslim accent that Mike pointed out. Where you're like, eh. what do you guys think of the baseball in this? It movie? was good baseball. That's a great fact. I do think it was good baseball. I thought it was good baseball. In fact, the Shot play. Well. Yeah, me too. The play good. that they went on looked eerily similar to the point where I looked it up to the winning play of game three of the world series in 2008, the decisive game three win when the Phillies beat the Tampa Bay Rays on Carlos Ruiz's chopper and Bruntlett getting home to beat out the throw. So do you think that the 2008 world series was based on this movie? Completely ripped it from this movie. (laughs) When they scripted it, they kept this. Come on, I, I remember a lot from that World Series, way more than I should have for the amount of alcohol I drank. And I, <laughs> I remember most of that World Series. And that play won the game, won game three, and it was a pivotal game three, and they went on to win the series. Did you say Major League when they, when they did <laughs> Major League? Major League, they did a Major League. <laughs> baseball, actual Get baseball content me. is boring. Got any of those chili dogs? All right, so we, we hold on. We did Vaughn, we did Serrano, we Wesley did... Snipes. It's funny because Wesley Snipes is really, really funny, and and I don't think he's generally known for doing a lot of comedy. Like he's mostly known as being an action star. Well, because he hadn't done Passenger Fifty Seven yet, which is the thing that made him an action Max. star. Okay. Wait, what? Really? Was this Money Train a... before or after Passenger Fifty Seven? Because after. 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 Oh, okay, okay, okay. Come on, mom. Dude, you're talking. You're talking to some Wesley Snipes. I mean, look. I feel like we're all in the cold of Wesley. I, I, I feel like we're all equals on this. So, I don't even pay my taxes. I mean, Solo, <laughs> when Solo went to go see Blade Two for the second time with me, I knew he was in. I would have seen it a third, fourth, and fifth time. That's one of the greatest movies ever made. Isn't he? Or no Tom one... Tom Berenger is always so leathery in everything he does. I don't know what he like. Just got off vacation or something. 
That's like, right. I like that woman at the at the dinner party who clearly just wants to like take oh, down the bathroom. I had a note about that. It's the so woman funny. in the purple dress. <laughs> it was just like, oh, you're a professional yeah, baseball player, like, huh? Uh huh. Mm, That's yeah. the strangest <laughs> mix of people I've ever seen at a dinner party too. It's like an old couple, and I was expecting them to be like, oh, this is my mom or my dad, but no, it's just like old people that they know, another random couple, and then them. <laughs> Here are all the rich people in Cleveland. <laughs> this is it. And this all they is... have are little sandwiches to eat. Like, I thought it's like fancy cocktail thing, and it's got a couple like ham and cheese sandwiches because that's fancy. Rich people and don't eat was... big sandwiches. Rich people eat Apparently little sandwiches. Not. Yeah. And that, yes. And that woman is so... Look at this guy over here eating big sandwiches like a fucking yeah. peasant <laughs> over there. I want to talk <laughs> about one of the Gary. negative parts of this movie, which was the score, which I felt okay. was just like a hot mess, <laughs> which was just like they would start a scene and then the lawyer blues band would start playing. And then maybe like a scene and a half later, they would just stop playing. It like... It, <laughs> did not make sense it was just like i felt like they were like okay they want us to play some more lawyer blues and it's like and they would go on for a while and then they'd be like oh wait stop okay okay stop like they were just scoring the actual cut of the movie in real time but uh that was that there was this one song which i do want to read some of these lyrics because i'm gonna like play oh i want to sing them if you're gonna play the actual song song. yeah i'm gonna play the song but these are some of the lyrics to most of most of most of all you by bill medley (laughs) not randy newman (laughs) wasn't he the singer of like the the drifters i don't know but this these lyrics are just like made me laugh out loud you know that was little spanky (laughs) it's he says (laughs) woke up one day what did i find holes in my pockets memories on my mind so many things i lost along the way Pennies and dreams carelessly spent, pieces of time. Who knows where they went? Is there a chance to pick up the pieces? So many things I'm chasing after rainbows. You look around your life, you find no one's there. No one's there. These lyrics, this episode I mean, sucks. <laughs> I'm tearing up. I was laughing. I was crying, laughing when I heard those lyrics. I was like, but you got to. This movie it. makes me laugh. It makes me cry. Makes me feel. This movie's a ma- that's a masterpiece. Give me some Bill Medley like impression because he was like pieces in my pocket, put them in the hole. Are we sure that's just not Randy yeah, I'm Newman? I'm pretty sure like thing. Bill Medley's Randy Newman. No, it started out pieces in my pocket. Hey, like when he hey. wants to play small venues, he wants to play the local bars. Randy Newman just calls himself Bill Medley. Sprague, did you notice that there's a there's one helicopter shot in this movie that looks like it was like stolen? It's like they're racing. Yeah, the, the camera was like waving all over the place. It's like it looked like they were like that guy. He's gonna give us his helicopter for 15 minutes. Get in there with a the camera right now. Duct tape it to the duct tape it to the bottom and go. Like I only got one shot. He's like, fine, whatever. We got a helicopter shot now. We're a real movie. I just have one more joke I wanted to say, which was awesome when he's getting kicked out of the dinner party and he's like, don't you ever come back here again? And he goes, suck my dick. <laughs> so good. That was a good joke. <laughs> I like the, the dialogue doesn't sound like a movie yeah. to me. I think that's why I like it. It just sounds like the way people talk. Like that's like, like nobody's being clever. Most of the time they're just telling each other to suck their dicks and like fuck, fuck you. Off. Like nobody's trying to be like, their wife and their, their wife and my kids. Right. <laughs> like, 
that's an it's so good it's so good i love this movie. i know I, you I know really what do. we're gonna have to punish you and watch field of dreams or bull Durham. That's because you hate. I love Bull Durham. Bull Durham's not fun. You know what? I like Bull Field of Dreams too. I'm fine with emotional baseball. I don't hate emotional baseball. I'm fine with with tear jerking baseball. I'm yeah. fine with Dad, that. Dad, do you want to have a catch? I want to have a catch. Do you guys want to have a catch? I just want to have a I catch. I want to have a catch. Yeah. I, I do. I want to have a catch right now. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike. You want to have a catch? Yeah, Dad. Mike. Oh. Mike Dad. I mean, Josh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay so before we deliberate I, I do want to take care of some uh laundry here some business <laughs> uh we had some comments uh on past movies that i think were really good uh one was from jill who you might know, Josh, as I know you live with her. <laughs> you might know her as the mother of your children. Yeah. Uh, she's <laughs> baby mama. So she's they a couple, say. A couple other names. So she brings up a really interesting point here about the Lost Boys. She says, question to throw out here. Do you think oh, only people God. who were already either evil or predisposed to violence as humans make it as vampires? David and his crew all so clearly delight in tormenting and killing people. So is that a character trait that is brought out over time? The longer uh, someone is a vampire, were they already total a-holes and being a vampire lets them really shine? Did she write a-hole instead of <laughs> asshole? A-hole, yeah. Sure. Oh, my God. Did, did it have <laughs> asterisks or just a-hole? A-hole. A-hole. Holes. A-hole. <laughs> I feel like uh, hole think, is the more offensive part of that word. But I want to see it written as ass H star L E. <laughs> I think that uh, I, I think it depends on how long you. Here's my serious nerd answer: how uh, how long you've been a vampire does matter because once you start going through generations of people dying, you start to not care. Mm-hmm. On the other end, apparently during the '80s. If you were into punk rock or whatever was going on in Santa Clara, it just I made close. you an asshole. Yeah, it just made you, or if you were into Timmy Capella, you just made you an asshole and it, all of it was made you the best vampire that you could be. So you think it was the hard Santa Carla living that just made <laughs> that a breeding ground for vampires because people but lived hard. Didn't mind taking out a, a fool. Yeah, I mean, the exception <laughs> would be Max, right? The elder vampire that's apparently no. been around is like the gentleman of the group and he's seen more shit than Kiefer Sutherland has. So yeah. I, I, I tend to think it's Remember like, when you said mannequin was better than lost boys. solo? I did not oh. say that for the record. And I just didn't love lost boys. So soon you're off the podcast. Right. So this comment is from David. It's about major league and Robin hood. I know this is a strange take on this movie, but it reminded me a lot of like a magnificent seven, lots of intervening story arcs with the main characters feeling fleshed out. Still a funny movie. Even if you aren't a baseball fan, then he goes on to say as to why they called him Robin hood. When, when he wasn't wearing a hood, I think that goes back to hood being another name for thief. I think Correct. we kind of talked about that. Like he lives in the, mm. maybe it didn't make the final cut, but yes, we, we discussed the, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Robin hood. Hoodlum does not sound like a ancient, like a 400 year old English word. Sorry. I'm challenging know. this, but no, it's, it's true. That's, <laughs> Ye that's old fact. hoodlums. 
I agree. I agree with David. It's not hoodlum. It's it's hood. I think hoodlum yeah. came from hood. Or, oh, mm, like he wears a hood. Uh, yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's not like we could type this into some kind of supercomputer and search the origin. I know. Of if hood, only so. there was a way. So I'll get into it. Okay, I'll go first. Does this movie suck now? I'm gonna say that this movie doesn't suck now, but I do have some caveats. It's definitely better than Robin Hood because I think there there is a similar thread to where this is uh so this is an ensemble cast with with good characters and funny characters that um Robin Hood kind of falls flat because it is too long and this is not too long like you get I think you kind of get who the characters are they have all they all get to do their little bits they're funny but I I would say like this movie didn't get to a point where I was like, this movie is so amazing and I forgot how amazing it was. So I'm kind of like saying that it definitely doesn't suck, but it didn't blow me away. It gave me some laughs. Uh, Soundtrack was terrible. (laughs) I I laughed at the soundtrack as much as I laughed at the comedy in the movie. But uh, I would say it doesn't suck, but it's not, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say it. it doesn't suck. So you know that I wrote like piano equals love equals sad for the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lawyer blues. That's yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Uh, does the movie suck now? Uh, no, I don't think it sucks now. It's still a very enjoyable movie to uh, watch. That I I like the comedy in it, and I'm gonna bring this back to like Mannequin where. I laughed at Mannequin for all the wrong reasons, and I didn't have that with Major League. I thought the comedy was actually good. I just would want more of it. But would I watch it again? Yeah, I think it's a really fun watch. I think I would have loved to see more of the games in the season. I think I saw more games in the South Park, well, not South Park movie, but in basketball than I saw games <laughs> in this movie. And I think just with the ensemble cast that they had, and I'm talking about all that, it would have been any, like, it would have been a really great movie to always revisit. But no, I don't think it sucks now. Um, I just think the middle love section was kind of boring, but I definitely watch it again. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I think about that. Okay, ma'am. That's it. Do you want the final word? I'll go and then you can have the closer. I'll close it. Yeah. You can can close it out. I want to close it out. All right. So I agree. I I do not think it sucked now, but I'm very consistent with the Gugino boys that it, there, it just wasn't enough. Like if there's anything, I feel like a lot of the criticisms we've had for previous movies, maybe the most recent ones have been, they've just been too long. And there's stuff we wanted out of it. We're talking about the scenes we wanted to cut and how we could just get right to the meat of it. And this movie was the first opposite where I wanted more of, you know, I wanted more Vaughn. I wanted more Hayes and I wanted more parts of the movie that I felt like would have made it like even more awesome of a comedy. Um, But that's, I mean, look, if that's the deepest criticism, then that's not bad. So I, I definitely don't think it sucks. I thought it was a very enjoyable watch. It was funny. You know, the 30-year-old the comedy held up, and I liked it. And 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it didn't blow me away as a baseball movie though. It depends on like what sort of metric you're watching it through. I don't think it pulled on, you know, like we can get into that a whole separate point, but it was an enjoyable rewatch. It doesn't suck, but it didn't blow me away. So there, that's, that's my final on that. All right. So I have zero pages of notes. I did not, I did not even bring my notebook to this movie. I sat with a bowl of popcorn and, and some beer and I watched major league and I loved it exactly the same amount that I've loved it since I was 10. I've loved this movie for 30 years. To me, it's impossible to separate my, like my DNA from this movie. This movie, like we said, it came out when I was 10. Uh, you guys were, would have all been in like the nine to 12 year old range too, when this came out. And, uh, I took like what I wanted to be as a baseball player when I was a kid from this movie, as much as from real players, I, I loved, like, I learned how to curse from this movie and from, from Mike and, <laughs> and like, uh, I didn't even realize it until now, but like, uh, like Rene Russo's like look <laughs> had like a big effect on me and the kind of women that I'm attracted to, like, this movie has like yeah, it has a deep resonance to me, and I also just think it's like this movie has movie magic, and I think that's like this unqual like you can't qualify that like it flies by, it's funny, it's it gives you like it pulls on your heartstrings, but in a way that I find like earnest and really sincere and not manipulate like sometimes when a movie pulls on my heartstring and makes me mad because I feel like I'm being like cheated into emotions, I'm being tricked. And this movie, I just feel like it's just like dealing with like real shit, like real human shit. Tom Berenger's heartbreaking this movie, and it's sad. And when they, when 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 they, Renee Russo, like she keeps looking at him, like man, like I'm gonna totally do something stupid and get back with this guy. I know it every time. I just love this guy, and I don't know what to do about it. Like I don't know, as a as somebody who's lived life, I find that like really resonates, and it's honest, and it's funny, and I just fucking love this movie. It's my favorite baseball movie of all time. Can I I'm ask going, you an I'm going right question? Yeah. How much of your, cause I'm just picking up on the context that you laid down honestly. And I'm, you know, it's going to be tough. How much did nostalgia play into your rating of this movie? I, I don't, I can't even answer. I honestly, I don't like nostalgia. It's not my, it's something that I think you have to be, you have to like treat it like a drink or a, a substance that alters your mind. Like you want to be, you only want a little dab of nostalgia. You don't want to dive into nostalgia. That's like a cesspool there. So I don't know, but, I, I thought oh, it was still funny. There. I thought it still moved. I thought the characters had even more depth than I'm a little older. I just love it. It's my favorite baseball movie. I'm putting it second on my ranking. I'm going mm. Big Trouble, Major League, Lost Boys, uh, Lost Boys Crawl, <laughs> Beastmaster, and then I can't wait until Mannequin is just erased from my memory because I hated it. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> this is number two. Prince of Thieves. I, Prince again? Uh, that's, uh, that's below Beastmaster. Prince of Thieves isn't like, I couldn't muster enough energy to hate Prince of Thieves because it's not like, it's not worth it. <laughs> but I think like you're, you had the same reaction to this movie as I did with the Lost Boys where it's hard to watch it like I've never seen it before because it's so just like in my brain. There's no sort of me at 41 watching it and me at whatever 11 watching it so it's right it's tough it's the same because you're the same when you watch it yeah. and maybe that's the movie magic and maybe that's like being tainted by nostalgia like soul is saying but i feel like this movie like 
it's it's really well crafted it knows what it's doing it doesn't try to be anything more than just like 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 a baby boomer baseball fairy tale I think I, I really agree. I like I definitely really agree with everything that you're saying. I just did not have that experience watching it. Mm-hmm. So okay. I could I could totally understand and why you're saying everything uh you're saying and I agree with a lot of it. It just did not at a gut level when I watched it again, it didn't make me go like, wow, like I got to see this again. That was so really good. I, I think viewers, I think Mike. listeners yeah, I think listeners should err to listening to what you guys said about it more than me, unless you yeah. already know that you feel that way. In which case, you should just listen to what I'm saying and ignore everybody else. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> but if where you're would just you like, rank if you're it, a casual, yeah, where do you rank it, Mike? Our rankings were Big Trouble in Little China, Lost Boys, Crow. You had Lost Boys higher than Big Trouble in Little China. I do your did, own ranking. I did. Stop trying it, to stop trying to co- co- No, it's not a we co- ranking. This is collapse ranking. all ours in together. Yeah. Do your own shit. I don't yeah, want you ruining yeah. the league, Mike. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I'm right, taking so my ball. Me, I'm going home. For me, number one is Lost Boys. <laughs> number two is Big Trouble in Little China, and I think like a crawl or major league could be number three for me that's a really hard toss up for me i would put major league ahead of crawl just because i do think it's really funny and i would probably watch that more than i would watch crawl then it would be crawl then it would be Beastmaster. then it would be uh you know robin Robin hood Hood and mannequin robin hood's so forgettable maybe we should dock it more because well, I, well, we're we only doing, remember it I mean, as being If it's him. just beating Mannequin, it's pretty docked. Yeah. Well, we are, so, we, mean, are, we did, those are the two movies that we said sucked. So obviously right. they should be at the bottom. First but, of all, yeah. I'm not sure if but, we should be talking about docking, but I just think. Is that like a what? Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> Explain that. I don't uh, know. Is that a thing? Yes. I guess is it's. All right. It's when you. If take, I'm going to Google that right now, what am I going to find? It's when you take two uh, Playstations you, and then you. When you take two. <laughs> salamis and you put them together in the front then the salamis are the salamis That's are stations in this what does area. that do but you have to be um it's a sensitive area so it's what called are stealing right? home with your salami <laughs> Dave, let's stop talking about i'm so glad we went there we were doing so well all right hold on sorry sorry all right. so the rankings uh, obviously i mean it's funny to listen to your rankings mike because i yeah. like i feel like the only real difference we have between the way that we're looking at movies at least the two of us are uh lost boys and beastmaster and everything mm-hmm. else is fairly consistent i i would also rank major league it was tough i was trying to figure out where to put it in relation to kroll because my my top is still big trouble in little china and i think i'm giving number two to kroll by like wow i love it step. i love that kroll is number two i have to step Kroll gives me a half. It's like it's safe by a half a step over Major League. It's just the, the the whole like wiping my mind, going in like Zen clean and rewatching the movies. I just I loved Kroll that much on the rewatch. And good just, for you. Just an inch more than Major League. <laughs> I love it. And then um, and then it's like the that uh, wasn't Robin Hood. What was the other mannequin? Oh, no, not Mannequin. Beastmaster. still dead last. No, Beastmaster is still second to last. And um, Lost Boys? Lost Boys, yes. Yeah. Lost Boys, yeah. then followed by... All right. uh, These lists are getting too long. They're unruly. Dave, lot, really land hard. it. Bring it home. Okay. Bring it home. <laughs> um, 
we're rounding I'm gonna third. also say talking about yeah talking about the uh watching it and having nostalgia connected to it i think for me personally it helps because then i already know the movie so it helps me kind of watch it and be like I never noticed that extra Tom Selleck mustache, or I never noticed that other mullet in the background mm-hmm. there. Like the because Tom I've Selleck seen is it. not in this movie. <laughs> we're gonna do Mr. Baseball. It's gonna happen. The, the mullets but, are fantastic in this movie. They, they Robin are. Hood's mullets fucking sucked, and the mullets are really satisfying. In this movie. Medieval mullets or 1989 mullets? I don't know. I want 1989 <laughs> mullets. Dave, the only thing what? that Mr. Baseball in this movie have in common are baseball and mustaches. <laughs> and quickly down under. No, I but no that, major league is a re- is like a reverse Mr. Baseball. David Gino, 2020. Quote me on that motherfucker. I want to watch Mr. Baseball now to see what he's talking about. That's like how we're all we're all reverse Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> it's like um, it's like rookie of the year meets Bull Durham. Every character is reverse Benjamin Buttons. Susan No, never mind. Every character is memento with with memory. Right. What? They write it down on baseballs and they every character called memento. Every character. Right. So, six cents, but alive. The next movie we're going to do, we agree. <laughs> do my ranking. Well, wait, his ranking. Oh, come on. Rankings. Rankings. So I'm still going to go Big Trouble, and actually, I have to agree with Josh no, about uh, any of my rankings. I, I'll agree with you on the sense of certain nostalgia things when it comes to Big Trouble, but I definitely try to look at it with a new vision or new eyes, however you want to call it. So Big Trouble. I'm going to go, this is going to get funky, because I know, I'm trying to think of what I would really watch again. I would go Major League, and then I would go. I'd fucking watch Major League right now. If I went upstairs and it was on on the TV, I would watch it. Then I would go. On the TV. Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. And then I would go. Crawl. Crawl. Beastmaster. Robin Hood. And then Mannequin. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, us decide that Major League does not suck. Uh, I now. give it four. Now? Now? <laughs> or ever, I'm going to say. And, uh, and our next movie is going to be, uh, we're going to jump back in the, we're going to jump in the 90s, and we're going to get uh, another perspective on the, I'm going to say, uh, game-changing uh, horror movie Scream. Because those you can totally break horror movies into pre and post scream worlds, Absolutely. and uh, it's going to be really fun to go back and, yes. and revisit this movie and see if it's like if if it's. Be- I'm curious to see if Scream has become so ingrained into our culture that the entire movie just seems like a cliche, and whether we feel like that gives it power or takes away from it. I'm really curious to see that. So before I also quick, believe quick. Mannequin was a game changer too, because the world was better <laughs> was before not. that movie came out. <laughs> not a game changer. <laughs> quick, before we go, quick, because uh, I haven't seen Scream in at least 20 years. Quick yes or no. Does it suck now? Dave? Yeah. Gut feeling. Josh Sprague? No, I think it's, I think it's still good. Josh Solo? I think it does, man. Wow. Yeah. Mike? Mike? I think I'm I'm gonna give it a one, two, three. I'm gonna give it a maybe. Okay. I All bet right, you wait, at wait least commit on that. At least two of us. At least two of us. I don't know who, but at least two of us are gonna defend. Are gonna end up being like, no, this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then I think we're gonna get a good discussion out of it. 
So, uh, and we're, you, I think all four of us are like well-schooled and highly opinionated horror movie fans too. So it should oh, be yeah. interesting. Well, I don't, I don't think we're well-schooled based on like the internet of horror yeah, movie fans. Schooled enough. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a lot of horror movies. Yeah. And we've we like seen them. enough, but we're not like, let's not hype yeah. it up. Like we're going to be dropping some serious horror. We're not Leonard Maltin here over here. Of horror <laughs> movies. Wes Craven. <laughs> he was in yeah. Gremlins too, motherfucker. Yes. Great We're name. no Merges Berdith. Merges Berdith? Merges Berdith. Merges Berdith. Great. Anyway. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you like us and you like our grating voices, giving you hard <laughs> opinions about movies and, and ruining your nostalgia, listen to us. Rate us five stars, comments, all that. We are we're on three stars. Facebook, three stars, whatever you want to do. Take, I'll take a I'll take a three or above. Spotify, above Apple Podcasts. What was the other one? SoundCloud. Please email your comments. Scream. Please watch Scream and email us uh, a voice memo or comments. We read them. We play them on the show, and we love What's you guys. The email. Until next yes, time. Please, please send your comments. What's the is, email? The email is Gugino Productions. G u g g i n o at gmail.com send us and we are and we are does, does it this suck, suck? Now. 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 all right class settle down everyone sit down and shut up I'm putting on a movie. Don't you miss the days when your teacher was so hungover, they just threw out the lesson plan and put on a movie? Well, that's every day here at Video High. Our curriculum caters to those who love the least loved films in cinematic history. The idea that this movie has a coherent A plot, let alone a B or C plot, this movie's too stupid. And then they do, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> they wrote this. Like, Good job, guys. <laughs> Join Casey Regan, Greg Hansen, Josh Roth, and myself, Jamie Kennedy, as we plumb the depths of video not-so-classics. This movie is sort of like a boner. It, like, is embarrassing to those who make it and offensive to those who see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether we think it rules or is actually total junk, hijinks will ensue regardless. Who else's favorite character was the bartender pirate? The set was good. That was like a side character who had a lot of fun business. The fart joke was motivated. <laughs> Video High is your B-movie education. And ours. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to talk movies with you. The movie is rated PG-13. But I do not know who over the age of 13 <laughs> this is aimed at. Great question. I mean, we're coming to find out. Me. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's us. Welcome, Welcome to, to Video, Video High. Video High. Up, up in, in your, your ears. ears. Podcast Network. <laughs>